Here is your friendly reminder that this episode is not suitable for the ears of halflings. From WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 189, all about Board of the Rings, being the 189th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, and I'm basically done with that now. And so now I am reading Board of the Rings, so you don't have to. Today, I'm joined once again by Allie Gordon. Welcome back. Wow. Thank you for having me back. Um, you keep introducing me to new things. <laughs> just <laughs> when I think it's over, they draw me back in. I just look. I looked at this book and I like skimmed it. And the first thing you see is that Bilbo's name is Dildo. And it's like, okay, who who can I have on that will like appreciate some silly humor? And I mean, and your I, name I came was to mind. fully the freak <laughs> who was pitching sketches about Lord of the Rings in the Year of Our Lord 2019 to my like sketch team at UCB, and they were just like, "Is this um, relevant?" And it or like at all useful. Um, so I'm very pro um, taking the source material and making it stupider. Yes, absolutely. Um, before we go into Board of the Rings, though, we have to talk about this very necessary topic you know, for you and I. news that broke today. So, like, I, I could not have planned this better <laughs> in that I didn't plan this at all because obviously I didn't know that this news was going to break. And of course, the news that Allie and I just had to discuss was regarding the upcoming revival of the Lord of the Rings musical. That's right. The failed 2007 West End Lord of the Rings musical. Allie came on at the beginning of last year to talk all about this. It's a topic we both had so much fun talking about. So obviously, we had lots of thoughts and feelings about this as well. I've decided to release that as a separate bonus episode coming out this Saturday. So be on the lookout for your Lord of the Sings news coming to a podcast feed near you. Um, So now we'll shift gears back to Board of the Rings. Um, once again, a reminder, if you haven't already, this is your last warning to shut this off or pause it if there are young children in the room, because it's oh, not yeah. great oh, maybe <laughs> for I, them. This is great. Now I can take off the pressure because every time I'm on this, I'm always like, don't curse. You can. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I always say like you, you can curse. I do bleep it out half because I think bleeping stuff is funny. But now I feel more free. Now I feel like we like we just like walked yeah. into the back of like we're like oh my god there's a comedy club back here you know <laughs> to set the stage uh, from the the past episode we learned that dildo likes to play dirty Scrabble and then good golf who is Gandalf, walks into his hobbit hole and finds that there are like four-letter Scrabble words on the board or something. And so we just were like, what are four-letter dirty words? And just Most went down them. like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I originally, my plan, my idea for this book was that I was just going to like read the whole thing with guests for every episode. And then I realized like the reality of reading something out loud. Yeah. And that like, this is not... In my head, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just a little short book, but it's still like 
130 150 pages yeah that, that according to like what i know about like audiobooks that's still like a four to five hour listen yeah <laughs> yeah so so i quickly adjusted and this week we'll just do kind of like the middle of the book and then next week we'll we'll close things out Sweet. and conclude it yeah um, so to catch everyone up to speed, I know we're super unfamiliar with the story of Lord of the Rings by this point in the podcast. So I'll, I'll let you guys know what uh, what happens. Um, and then uh, Ali and I will read the equivalent of the Council of Elrond scene uh, when we get to that. Dildo's party is naturally a rager. Everyone's having a blast. Um, it has lots of like wonderful, disgusting, low-key, fatphobic language because this version of the hobbits, the boggies, are very uh, like gluttonous people. Um, one of the songs that they sing says, We boggies are a hairy folk who like to eat until we choke, loving all like friend and brother and hardly ever eat each other. <laughs> Then Bilbo gives his speech. He says, I want to let you all know what you mean to me. And then he drops his pants and blows up the party with good golf's fireworks and runs away. Um, when he gets back to his house, he and good golf talk about the darkening evils of the world. And good golf tells him uh, and Frito, Frodo, is there as well. And this is where we learn about... The Rings of Power, not the Amazon show. <laughs> this would be <laughs> quite an adaptation for Amazon to make if they decided to go with these Rings of Power. Can you imagine them putting a $2 million budget behind this? Behind Frito and Dildo. <laughs> and Dildo, and, all these people. Yes. Yeah. So there are 20 rings in all of all, six for the mastery of the lands, five for rule of the sea, three for dominion of air, and two for the conquering of bad breath. Fantastic. Yes. Frodo says, but that only makes 16 where the other four. And Dildo says, recalled for factory defects. They short circuit in the rain and fry one's finger off. <laughs> Good Golf says, of course, there's still the great ring. It is said that the wearer can perform impossible deeds, control all creatures to his bidding, vanquish invincible armies, converse with fish and fowl, bend steel, leap tall parapets, win friends, Fix parking tickets. <laughs> Very important. Yeah. This book definitely, see, it seems to uh, really love the, the like, comedic pattern of, like, a bunch of normal stuff. Yeah, last one And then something crazy. really silly. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> Frito goes, like, oh, wow, then I feel sorry for the old chap who, who has that one. And then Dildo flips the ring at him and says, congratulations, you've just won the booby prize. And then he leaves for, so it's called Rivendell, but it's spelled Riv and then uh, apostrophe and then in mm. and then Dell, like a park and go <laughs> or something. <laughs> Frito heads off with his friend Spam and Good Golf enlists the additional help of Boggy twins Moxie and Pepsi. To accompany them. Moxie, fantastic drink. Really underappreciated <laughs> drink. Yes, you will notice that all of... Actually, I say you will notice, but that's not necessarily a given because this was written uh, in the late 60s. So there are pop culture references throughout that in the 60s, a lot of people would be like, oh, haha, that's funny, but might not be, you know, as uh, commonplace for us or whatever. Yeah, so that's true. 
the the 2012 edition that I have would that have been the 50th? No, that, that's not. 16 was 60 it was 1969 also I didn't talk about much last year last week that this book was published in 1969 how what's the word for profit profitous like something about like a, of a prophecy Pro- prophetic prophetic yes Woo. that's it yes perfect um anyway god where was I okay that's right Moxie and Pepsi. Um, they narrowly avoid the Nas Drool writer, and they decide to cut through the Evelyn Woods, spelled evil, Evelyn. And then there's a footnote here that describes who that describes Evelyn Wood was an American teacher who invented the practice of speed reading. Huh. And that's it. So I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if she was like particularly Sweet. famous. Good job, in the Evelyn. I've never heard that name before, but I guess I learned something today. They go into the forest and they're very quickly lost. Um, and eventually they think they might be finding some other people. Um, Spam says, Oh, but somebody was here only a few hours ago by looks of the camp, and they was goblin tater salad, just like us. And then they spend the next couple of hours following a trail and they find uh, a variety of things, including one of Dildo's own tablespoons. What a coincidence, Frito thinks. <laughs> so obviously they're following their own path and it does not occur to any of them. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. They are attacked by a tree. I don't know what exactly the implications of what would happen with this version of the, of the tree attack are because it's kissing them oh fantastic and like giving them hickeys <laughs> so i don't know like what the d- greatest like the doom. analogy is yeah i agree with that it's definitely just like a weird treat like i don't know what like what's the worst that is going to happen to these to these do they, boggies do they ever explain why the trees are like horny or that's just uh, like no, their natural the trees state. are just horny okay yeah so these tre- yeah. these trees are just horny yeah um, I'm very curious to see if we'll run into the ints later. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> see you if they gotta. are also horny. <laughs> because like I feel like that not only are they like such like an iconic part of the book, but there's that whole thing about being like, having like a subculture of having wives who left you. I feel like they're gonna be like a bunch of divorced dads. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <gasps> That's good. And you know what? Actually, the the loose structure of Board of the Rings probably also follows the loose structure of the musical. <laughs> Hey, that's very that's very possible. I never even thought about that. Because it is, I mean, look at how tiny, you know, thin this version is. And I'm assuming it's going to tell the complete, quote unquote, complete story. Uh, I'll see like what happens. And and then maybe I'll write into what was it? The windmill theater or something. Yeah. (laughs) Send some ideas. You guys should really take a look at Board of the Rings. That's a great way to cut your thing down. And also make sure you keep the trees real horny. Yeah. Um, so they are about to be, I don't know, hit, oh, it, it literally says hickeyed to death. Okay, Fantastic. so I guess that's the answer. Um, when out comes a wonderful guy named Tim Benzedrino. Great. Um, so Benzedrine, but, but, yeah, Benzedrine was a stimulant inhaler available without prescription until 1959. Right. It's like some sort of amphetamine. Yeah. So this is old Tim Benzedrino. 
Um, he comes in and he says, Toke a lid, smoke a lid, pop the mescalino, stash the hash, gonna crash, make mine methadrino, hop a hill, pop a pill for old Tim Benzadrino. Uh, so he rescues our gang and takes him takes them back to his house where his wife, Hashberry, is waiting. And he approaches and says, I've brought four with me to crash, so now's the time to pass the stash. Then celebrate and take a toke to make us giggle, gag, and choke. And then, um, to no one's surprise, uh, we we learn that Tim and Hashberry are probably, like, the... It's funny because to us in 2023, this seems like a great caricature of like a a hippie, you know, but this was written in the 60s based on like actual people living in America at that time. I mean, like it definitely is like a hate Ashbury joke. And I think they even call I think they even used to call hate Ashbury Hashbury because there was so much smoking going on in there in San Francisco. Oh, Um. It's funny, like, okay, sorry to jump ahead a tiny little bit on, like, my, like, perspective of the book. So, like, <laughs> from what I have read from the chapter that you sent me and, like, just, like, doing a little bit of research, it, like, the two main things that the text wants to make fun of are hippies and counterculture, but mm-hmm. also, like, mass consumerism. Like, like a lot of, like, the things are, like, brand yes. names, like Moxie and Pepsi and uh, Saruman Frito. has another. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Saruman has, like, a brand name, too, like. It's all like America's like capitalistic turn, but it's also like, and also hippies suck too, right? And I like can't really tell like the authorial intent in terms of like, do, do they just hate both equally? And like, they're like, they're like sort of both yeah. being made so fun interesting. of? Interesting. I don't necessarily think that this was saying like, oh, we hate hippies. I kind of have think that it's them being like kind of doing like a hey hey wink wink nudge nudge to the audience because I think hippie quote-unquote hippies and like the counter culture or whatever I mean they they were a big part of Lord of the Rings at the time we funnily enough we actually talked about that too when I talked about Frodo lives being like a counterculture slogan yeah so cool love love learning that so much yeah so yeah it definitely is like in the culture so I think they would have been like a big part of this audience so i feel like some of this stuff is kind of being like a in like a like an in joke right so it's them being like hello fellow kids i also toke up from time to time (laughs) (laughs) and stick it to the man dude okay cool because i was like at least from what i read it felt sort of like um no you're totally you are not derogatory isn't the right word it felt a little bit like wanting to show like the funny dark side of like the hippies of just being like lazy stoners who don't get anything done and are you know you know what I mean and so I was like mm-hmm. huh it feels sort of condescending towards them but then it also feels sort of condescending towards like the American capitalistic culture but I think it's probably because I didn't read more of it and so like I feel like you're right that it's more like them being like I'm in on the joke too I also loved the green <laughs> and hate the man I I feel like you couldn't not be a part of that group of people and write this book does that make you're sense probably right yeah you're <laughs> probably right so they are this is another this is a little bit of humor that it does a couple times in this book um which is another recommend at first i was like i think this book is going to be terrible to read and ball and like yes it is silly and stupid but as i was reading more of it i was like wait no this is actually i'm getting like a good chuckle like every now and then yeah i definitely had a couple like 
like giggle aloud moments but it's so funny because it's like i think you have like i think i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a one in five success rate oh yeah (laughs) some of it is just like that's dumb (laughs) yeah but every like one in every five i was like all right that's pretty clever yeah so one thing that uh, the authors like to do a lot is they'll write something as narration and then the character will say basically that exact same thing. For example, and says they were among the most dubious looking mushrooms Spam had ever seen. And rather rudely, he said so. These are among the most dubious looking <laughs> mushrooms I have ever seen. <laughs> Um, so they eat the mushrooms, have no, uh, they're a little bit odd and smell funny and they taste a little moldy, but they're like, hey, we're starving. We've also established that the boggies eat basically anything that will even eat each other. So they don't necessarily care. And then they also are given round candies with little letters cleverly printed on them. They melt in your brain, not in your hands, giggled Tim. Wow. Um, at first, I was a little bit confused. I was like, round candies with little letters. So M&M's? Oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I think that's kind of kind of like the joke at first. And then it's like, oh, wait, no. Oh, wait, yeah. No, that's not it. No, for sure. <laughs> um, see, that's the thing is I'm just like, are you trying to be like, no, man, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. I'll do tabs of acid also. Or or like I couldn't get the sense if the authors were being like, these these gash darn hippies sitting around I will all say, day. I think, I think um, Tim Benzadrino is also meant to be quite a hyperbole yes, of for sure. like drug hippie culture. <laughs> I mean, he is in the book, oh, basically. Um, case in is. point. He uh, he has a sandal and magic charm shop. <laughs> okay, that's a good. That gets a real laugh from me. <laughs> I was just like, that's uh, uh, for the tourist season. Is what, I is love what he that. Says. I just like I'm picturing him like hawking um, uh, tevas. What are the, what are they called? Tevas. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, tevas or um. I'm picturing him. He's in cargo shorts. He's wearing Birkenstocks. 100%. He has a classic that like drug rug hoodie on. Yes, for sure. Um, but also he's this. wearing a hat that says um, fish fear me. Women love me or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> women yeah. crave me. Fish fear me. I don't know why he's like in that trucker hat in my mind, too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All of this checks out because it's Tim Benzadrino. So anything goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Now, unsurprisingly, Frito begins to feel a little bit bad um, and starts kind of fading away. Things get dizzy and blurry, and eventually he blacks out. So the next day, he wakes up, and the rest of the Boggies wake up, and they are on the edge of the forest and conveniently right on the path to Wee, Brie. Wee! Anyway. (laughs) Tim has left them... A stash, and it says Frito saw a number of colored candy beans, and he says, odd, but they may prove useful. Who knows? Um, So I love how, and we'll see, I think, more of this uh, as well, but I love how absolutely clueless our our heroes are in this book. Yeah. Oh, as as evidenced by, they make it to Brie. Sorry, they make it to Wee. Wee. And get to the pub and they check in and they have to sign in Um, and they sign in as alias undercover. Love that. Ivan got a secret. 
John Doe Smith, and I'm a pseudonym. I love that. Good for them. (laughs) I actually think that might be even more clever than they are actually canonically capable of. I... It's so funny because it's, uh, I I just really appreciate how, honestly, like how much attention to detail really that the authors gave considering the source material when converting it into this, that they were like, oh, well, this is a huge thing that like Frodo is supposed to go undercover and be really incognito, but he's absolutely terrible at that. Right, they all are. So let's play up on this, you know, and I... I just love that, that like there are all these like little pieces of Lord of the Rings that even though this is a very stupid, silly book, it's kind of like, now, wait a minute. That's yeah, actually like, hey, great. They actually did do that. They were bad <laughs> yeah. at that. So they're having a great time. They order some Orca Colas or like Orc. Oh, uh-huh. like a Coca-Cola, but it's yeah. an Orca Cola. <laughs> anyway, um, and eventually see they see a figure in the corner dressed entirely in gray and his eyes were hidden by a black mask across his chest were crossed bandoliers of silver bullets and a pearl handled broadsword dangled ominously from one lean hip that's sexy is it not (laughs) (laughs) you're like um for you i feel like you are having like a and every, everything everywhere all at once type experience where like no matter the universe, you like can't help but fall in love with Aragorn. Oh my God, I love Aragorn. Like, why would you not? Why would you not? Have you seen the um, Ralph Bakshi Aragorn? Yes. <laughs> where it's literally, and I mean, same with uh, Boromir too. They just wear like these shirts and then like a belt and no You're pants. Like, oh, and no pants. <laughs> um, I actually went to go see uh, Fellowship for its like 20th anniversary. 25th anniversary? I don't remember. Uh, they were showing it at Radio City Music Hall mm-hmm. with the full orchestra playing the score. It oh was my so god! Fun. You got to you went to that. It was yeah, so I fun. saw I that recently. It. Um, it was great. Like if it comes, did you cry? I would have cried. We definitely <laughs> cried because like the audience is like feeling it so palpably. Yeah. Um, also, there was one boy soprano who had like a couple solos, like when mm. when um, Gandalf Doing the, like calls. Elven yeah, stuff and also or like whatever, when El- yeah. uh, Gandalf calls the moth to him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a couple like little yeah. like boy soprano moments, and this kid was like so nervous. Like, I was in the back of the mezzanine, and I could still tell how nervous he was. And, like, every time he finished his solo, the audience was like, yes, yes. Like, the cheering for this kid was (laughs) beyond. Um, But what I was going to say was that when Aragorn first first appeared on screen, there was a a, probably a minute-long ovation. (laughs) Yes. People were clapping for a man who wasn't in the room. But, like, everyone was just like, here he is. Here's Aragorn. And just, like, they clapped. That's me when I watch Lord of the Rings in my living room. I, like, I cannot wait. Uh, to see two towers i want to see it so badly because i had such a good time but also like you know when he pushes Mm. that door open we're not going to hear the next three and a half minutes of dialogue because everyone's just going to be screaming oh man oh my god yes our uh local the the richmond symphony does a live concert the past couple years they've done a live concert for the star wars movies Mm -hmm. and then they started doing the harry potter movies and i'm like great and I, every year, I just, like, tweet endlessly, and I'm like, do the Lord of the Rings I movies. I mean, the Lord of the Rings score is, like, pretty undeniably some of the best written for a movie. Like, end of end of story. Oh my. Actually, I have to contest that just because I saw a clip um, on TikTok of another, like, live, you know, orchestra movie thing, and it was um, the scene from How to Train Your Dragon <gasps> called Test Drive. That's... 
song rocks. That song it's rocks. Like watching it and listening to it. And like I saw some video where someone did like a musical breakdown on a, of it and was like, at this part, you can hear Hiccup's theme. And at this part, you can hear Toothless's theme. And then there's like this bit of um, panic. as And then as soon as Hiccup like throws the, the instructions away and just like lets his instincts take over and they become one, that's when the music works together. And I'm like, oh, so I think this is genuinely the best piece of score ever written is for this dragon movie i it's such a great piece of score also it's a great movie i love how to train your dragon however to add to that and i wish i knew more details because i'm gonna just sort of send people on a wild goose chase there is this woman who has a pretty big following on tiktok Mm -hmm. and she's an organist so she plays a lot of like church services and things um and she was playing at a like a catholic school like an all-boys school um and these two let's say like middle school age boys were like hey do you know test drive from how to train your dragon and she was like i do not but i'm very happy to learn it and the next time i'm here i'll play it for you guys and the video is of them of her playing it on an organ which is insane it's like like a phantom of the opera style like you know oh my god pull all the stops out organ and these two like you know 11 year old boys just like grinning it is amazing it's one of the best things i've ever seen i want to walk down the aisle to test drive it's really like it captures like a a true it is a moment of the human experience that makes you realize why we're like we like choose to stay on the earth where we're just like ah yes yes, music children happiness joy okay (laughs) so i wish i could tell you what her name is but somebody will find it just google like happy children dragon organ Organ. (laughs) (laughs) um it's that like classic joke about disney approaching phil collins and being like hey we have this movie about you know the the myth of tarzan a man being raised by apes can you just like write a couple things and then he's like say no more and then like spits fire yeah you know I mean, like that and it's like you realize you didn't have to you didn't have to go that hard like this is an animated it's a kid's movie like you don't have to go that hard but they did i mean he won an oscar for it oh my okay all right, back to pro- probably a, a much less uh, amazing story. <laughs> um, so we, oh, that's right. We were talking about uh, Strider. Yeah, that's oh, how yeah, we got yeah, into yeah. That. That's where we are. And he like makes eye contact with Frito and is like, meet me in the bathroom. We got to chat. Um, so while Frodo is waiting for him and like killing time in the bathroom, there's a little vending machine, it says. And so he's just standing there like waiting for people to leave. And it says he gets 15 bird whistles, eight compasses, six miniature lighters, and four packs of nasty little rubber novelties. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which I'm assuming are condoms. condoms for sure. Or maybe they're rubber ducks. I don't know. I already would thought. Whatever. I don't know. I already thought it was kind of weird that Aragorn was like, meet me in the bathroom. It's like, okay. Okay. I, I did. I thought that I thought there would be some kind of like joke about that as well. There doesn't really. Well, well, well. That doesn't really happen. Look who's a, look who's a coward. So he comes in and says, oh, it's a classic thing of like, I was asked to give you this. And he gives him a scroll and then he reads it out. Three shorts, four pairs of socks, two shirts, chain mail, heavy starch. And then he takes it back and is like, oops, sorry, that was mine. <laughs> Great, love it. Classic, <laughs> classic goof. And then gives him a note from Good Golf explaining that this is our friend Stomper. 
get it. Yes, very good. St- sure, we love you. Just want to just need to spell that out. <laughs> um, and he says, "I arrowroot of arrow shirt am with thee. I have many names, and this seems that it will be a common gag is that he will about he will be about to go into his many names and then gets cut off. That's funny." I do like that a lot. Yes. Again, another thing, it's these things about Lord of the Rings that like I kind of interpreted as like, I don't know, like little meta jokes that like as the fandom, we would kind of like make fun of a little bit that like Aragorn's really dramatic and he has a million names and, you know, all this stuff. And they like play, you know, they like pointed that out um, with their humor. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do enjoy when you discover that people have found the same things funny forever. Like, I I find that to be, like, a very special... That's also true, ...facet of the human experience also, of just being like, wow, (laughs) you also thought that was stupid. That's great. I also do. We should all laugh about that together. So Stomper and Frito go back to the table, and unfortunately, the waiters are actually Nazgul in disguise. (laughs) Great. So they start having a fight. And unfortunately, this is where we find out that Stomper is actually a terrible ranger. He's really awful and a little bit cowardly because at first he hides under the table. Only when Frodo, sorry, only when Frito stands up to fight them does he eventually stand up and start fighting as well. Taking a vicious swipe, Stomper missed his mark by a good yard and tripped on his scabbard. So he spends like the next, I don't know, like it's a full paragraph of of text of him trying to fight and then stumbling and fumbling and falling over and making a fool of himself. And then the Nas, the Nas drool just keep laughing. And while they're laughing and being distracted, the Boggies grab their swords and weapons and knock them all out. Hey, good for them. Yeah, while Stomper was inadvertently distracting them. So, hey, it worked out well. They leave and make it to Wingtip. It took me forever to remember. I was like, what is this supposed to be in the real book? Weathertop. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) Um, And they find that Gandalf, I mean, oh my God, that Good Gulf had been there before them and has left one of his symbols that... Uh, Stomper believes means that it's safe to stay here tonight. Frito isn't so sure he has nagging misgivings, but he reminded himself he is a king and all. Uh, and they fall asleep, lulled by soft snuffling noises and the clanking of armor below. <laughs> so unsurprisingly, Stomper had misinterpreted Good Gulf's message for them, and this was not a safe place for them to stay. Um, he says, have no fear. We will draw lots. I have four right here. And whoever draws the short one will stay behind and distract. Um, and Spam says, four, what about you? And he says, oh, but I'm the one who brought them. So I don't need to. I, we don't need a fifth one. <laughs> um, so they draw lots. Spam is the one who is left behind. Uh, but unfortunately, when the nostril approach him he says they went that way (laughs) eventually though they are able to safely cross the river and the nostril are stuck on the other side because they are unable to pay the toll fantastic the idea of um powerful long dead 
lich beings being confined to a monetary system is really appealing to me. <laughs> yeah. Or the, the Nazdrul say, ain't there some sort of discount for civil servants? <laughs> I'm sorry, said the attendant. How about a Wayfarer's letter of credit? They're as good as a bullion anyway. Uh, sorry, this is a bridge, not a counting house. And then they say, my personal check, it's backed up by the treasure rooms of Fordor. And then he finally says, no money, no crossy, friend. So this this toll attendant is the one who ultimately protects our friends. Good for him. Thank you, civil servant. <laughs> Thank you, bureaucracy. Yes. <laughs> On their way to Rivendell, they run into an elf named Garfinkel, who is Glorfindel. Fantastic. And eventually they make it to Rivendell, where they meet Orlon, the elf, Elrond, and they are reunited with Goodgolf, who comes in, uh, he uh, knocks on their door, still wearing his disguise from his travels, which is uh, those big glasses with the fake nose and a mustache. Fantastic. Love it. <laughs> over, over. Um, I assume, his big, long gray beard. <laughs> and it's also, again, worth mentioning uh, a reminder that Goodgolf is an amateur magician. Um, so he like greets everyone and he has one of those hand buzzer things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love that. Good for him. He is everybody's grandpa after all. <laughs> and then uh, they, they kind of like settle down to hang out. And it says, okay, uh, it says in the center of the room, there was a large table littered, littered with the remnants of a violent game of three pack canasta and several bowls of artificial fruit, which couldn't have been mistaken for the real thing at 50 meters. These Moxie and Pepsi immediately ate. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the next day we meet our other, fr who will soon to become our friends, Gimlet, son of Groin. Great. And which actually isn't that far off from the source material because so, uh, if you go up Gimli's family tree, there is a dwarf named Groin. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Gimlet either. It's like, it's not that crazy. Although I guess you could argue that it's pronounced something like growing. Growing. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've seen people devolve into some pretty serious arguments about the pronunciation of those things. So I will stay. Oh, I, I have been one of the, of I've been one of those people. Gloin. 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 Thrain. You're just. Thrain. That is where you are so wrong. You. <laughs> Thorin, son of Thrain. It's Thrain. It's not it is, Thrain. Though. It is. Yeah, I just like, I'm going to stay out of that one and let, let somebody else take the heat. <laughs> he greets um, uh, he greets Frito, may you always buy cheap and sell dear. And Frito, in some confusion, responds, may your hemorrhoids shrink without surgery. And the dwarf looked puzzled, Fair. but not displeased. <laughs> And I'm like, that's also not great. a terrible thing yeah, to say. Yeah. Um, again, kind of matching up with uh, the dwarves say something about like, may your beard grow long or something yeah. like that, you know. Um, and then lastly, we meet uh, another elf named Legolam, which I believe is also the name of Legolas's character in the VeggieTales parody, Lord of <gasps> the Beans. Wow. Okay. Maybe we're looking at some inspiration for Lord of the Beans. Uh, it's very, I, I don't know, considering VeggieTales is children's uh, Christian propaganda. 
See, we Perhaps have to make a new not. one so we can get we can sneak a Lego land in there. Because <laughs> I don't think they wrote this when Lego land existed, but now it does, and it's like right. For I, the I think, and that also goes well with this theme of like um, consumerism, capitalism stuff. You exactly, know? exactly. Um, and then Frito uh, sensing this tension between Gimlet and Lego Lamb. Um, decides to uh, diffuse that tension with a racist song about the the fraught history between elves and dwarves. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and then Orlan Orlin calls for bingo in the elf lounge, and our meeting begins. And so now Allie and I will read this scene together. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Frito was making his way to the table where Moxie and Pepsi were sitting when a bony hand reached out of a potted palm and grasped his shoulder. Come with me, said Good Golf, brushing a frond aside, and led the surprised Boggy down the hall and into a small room almost entirely filled by a huge glass-topped table. Orlon and Stomper had already taken seats, and as he and Goodgolf sat down, Frito was amazed to see his dinner companions, Gimlet and Legolam, enter and seat themselves on opposite sides of the table. They were quickly followed by a heavyset man, uh, a heavyset man in iridescent pegged trousers and sharply pointed shoes. I'm assuming this has to be Boromir, right? Yes, Surely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Last of all came a small figure in a loud shirt, smoking a foul elvish cigar and carrying a <laughs> Scrabble board. Good for him. He's living large, baby. <laughs> Dildo, cried Frito. Ah, Frito, my lad, said Dildo, slapping Frito heavily on the back. So you made it after all. Well, well, well. Orlan held out a moist palm and Dildo rummaged in his pockets and pulled out a wad of crumpled bills. Two, wasn't it? He said. Ten, said Orlan. So it was, so it was, said Dildo, and dropped the bills into the elf's hand. It's been so long since the party, said Frito. What have you been doing? Not much, said the old boggy. A little scrabble, a little pederasty. I'm retired, you see. But what is this all about? Who are the Black Riders, and what do they want with me? And what has the ring got to do with it? Much in little, more or less, dear Boggy, explained Orlan, but all in good time. This great caucus has been called to answer such questions and others, but for now, I will only say that there are many things afoot, alas. I appreciate calling this, calling, you know, the Council of Elrond, the great caucus. Um, yes. Kind of, again, <laughs> bringing in that, like, aspect of, uh, of like, human bureaucracy, almost, yeah. you know? <laughs> I, I always think that's, like, so funny when it's, like, you're like in a fantasy world and they're like, this product was tested by a focus group. And you're like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> I love that. That, that. that will always make me laugh. Um, <clears throat> no lie, said Good Golf gravely. The nameless no-no is spreading again. The nameless no-no. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> um, also, uh, pre predates, you know, you know who and, yes. and whatnot, you know. Um and this time, uh, and the time has come to act. Frito, the ring. Frito nodded and drew from his pocket the paperclip chain, link by link. That was another detail I really appreciated when they're first like per too. when they're preparing to leave the Shire. He makes a paperclip chain to carry the <laughs> ring on. Uh, with a short toss, with a short toss, he threw the fatal trinket onto the table, where it landed with a tiny jing. Orlon gasped. The magic dingus. <laughs> He cried. <laughs> <laughs> what proof is there that this is the ring? Asked the man with the pointed shoes. There are many signs which can be read by the wise. Bramosel. 
And then uh, in a, a footnote in my version says Bro- uh, Bromo Seltzer or Bromo Seltzer. Yeah, Bromo Seltzer. Bromo Seltzer, a brand of antacid. Uh, and then this is something that the, the book also does with the footnotes is that it provides information that is real and then like a little joke at the end. So it says Bra- uh, Bromo Seltzer, a brand of antacid directly prevented 400 chili related deaths in 1958. Funny. So they're saying, I mean, also, wasn't it also a cold medicine? I only know one reference to it, which is in Adelaide's Lament and Guys and Dolls, where she says, <gasps> You're right. The Bromo the bro- Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Which is such a oh. good rhyme. But that something will never get anywhere near where the trouble is. Like, what a rhyme. My God. I was in Guys and Dolls when I was in 10th grade. And of course, like, I auditioned for it with Adelaide's Lament, whatever. Yes. And I See? probably and have not. And the Bromo Fizz is still locked into your brain. After I probably all these years. have not thought about the musical Guys and Dolls uh, since. But you are 100% correct because I was like, Br- Bromo, that, yeah, that that's sounds it. so familiar. Where is that from? There you ha- go. Oh my god. Anyway, okay. Um, so <laughs> you can Bromocell. revisit a Frank Lesser musical anytime you want. <laughs> so Bromocell is our Boromir. Um, the compass, the whistle, the magic decoder, they're all here. And there is the inscription. Grundig Blaupunkt Lugerfrug Watusi Snarf Wazu Nixon Dirksen Nasahist Rebozo Boogaloo. (laughs) (laughs) Great. And then uh, there's a footnote about Nixon at the bottom. It says, disgraced former president Richard Milhouse Nixon once famously declared, I am not a crook, proving once and for all the dangers of having televised speeches on opposite day. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Love that. Goodgolf's voice had become harsh and distant. An ominous black cloud filled the room. Frito gagged on the thick, oily smoke. Was that necessary? asked Lego Lamb, kicking the wizard's still belching smoke grenade out the door. Rings go better with Hocus Pocus, replied Good, replied good Golf imperiously. But what does that mean? asked Bromasil, rather annoyed that he was being referred to in the dialogue as the man with the pointy shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So good. I, in case you can't tell, I hadn't read this section yet, so <laughs> this is all new to me. <laughs> There are many interpretations, explained explained Good Golf. My guess is that it's either the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog or don't tread on me. No one spoke and the room fell strangely silent. Finally, Bromisol rose and addressed the caucus. Much is now clear, he said. I had a dream one night in Minestrone in which seven cows ate seven bushels of wheat and when they were finished, they climbed a red tower and threw up three times, chanting, Say it now and say it loud. I'm a cow and I'm proud. Then a figure in a robed in white and bearing a pair of scales came forward and read from a little slip of paper, 5'11's your height, 190 your weight, you cash in your chips around page 88. Um, <laughs> and I good. And I did flip forward, and I don't know if he that's does. what's intended, but he dies on page 88. 100% that's what that's it is. That's got to be intended, right? Yeah. See, that's what I meant by like one out of every five, I think is like spectacular, because I'm like, the whole thing about the cows and the this and the that, that's I'm just like, like silly nonsense. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? But then it says like, then it has that funny little couplet where he somehow foretells his own death. And I'm like, see, now that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so every so often they really land oh, on a winner. Ve- uh, very much uh, in line with our thinking. Orlon says, this is grave. <laughs> well, said Stomper, I guess it's time we all laid our cards on the table. 
And with that, he noisily emptied the contents of a faded duffel into a heap in front of him. When he was finished, there was a large pile of odd objects, including a broken sword, a golden arm, a snowflake paperweight, the holy grail, the golden fleece, the robe, a piece of the true cross, and a glass slipper. Arrowroot, son of Arrowshirt, heir of Barbasol and king of Minestroni at your service, he said rather loudly. Bromacel looked up to the top of the page and winced. At least another chapter to go, he groaned. Wait, what? Looked up to the top of the page and winced. At least another chapter to go. What does that mean? Wait, what? I don't really know. At least another. He looked up to the top of the page. At least another chapter to go. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we, that one went over our heads. <laughs> we're, too, Sorry. we're either too smart or too stupid. I don't know which. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> somebody somebody listening along will be like, oh, I get it. But I also looked at the top of the page and was like, What's at the, the top? page yeah. number? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't get that. Then the ring is yours, cried Frito, and eagerly tossed it into Arrowroot's hat. Well, not exactly, said Arrowroot, dangling the beat dangling the band at the end of its long chain. Since it's got magic powers, it belongs to someone more in the mumbo-jumbo presto-changeo line. To wit, a wizard, for example. And he neatly slipped the ring over the end of Goodgolf's wand. Ah, yes, verily, in truth, said Goodgolf quickly. That is to say, yes and no. Or perhaps just plain no. As any <laughs> fool can see, it's a clear case of habeas corpus or tibia fibia that one's funny <laughs> just i like that to, like habeas corpus is a real like legal term or whatever tibia fibia is just like silly nonsense you know since although this particular gizmo was the work of a wizard sorehead to be exact this sort of thing was invented by elves and he was only working under a license you might say i like that orlon held the ring in his hand as if it were an annoyed tarantula Nay, he said gravely, I cannot claim this great prize, for it is said, finders keepers, losers weepers. And brushing away an invisible tear, he looped the chain <laughs> around Dildo's neck. And let dogs lie if they are sleepers, said Dildo, and slipped it into Frito's pocket. Then it is settled, intoned Orlan. Frito Bugger shall keep the ring. <laughs> Bugger, said Lego Lamb. Bugger, that's curious. There was a nasty little clown named Gotham sniffing around Weldwood on hands and knees looking for a Mr. Bugger. It was a little queer. Odd, said Gimlet. A pack of black giants riding huge pigs came through the mountains last month hunting for a boggy named Bugger. Never gave it a second thought. This too is grave, declared, or declared Orlan. It is only a matter of time before they come here, he said, pulling a shawl over his head and making a gesture of throwing something of a conciliatory nature to a shark. And as neutrals, we would have no choice. Frito shuddered. The ring and its bearer must go hence, agreed Good Gulf. But where? Who shall guard it? The elves, said Gimlet. The dwarves, said Legolam. The wizards, said Arrowroot. The men of Tudor, said Goodgolf. That leaves only Fordor, said Orlan. But even a uh, redacted word, yes, troll good. would not go there. The, I am, <laughs> wow, I, the way my heart just raced <laughs> when I saw that word. <laughs> that gave me like major, major flashbacks to like Ooh. reading like Tom Sawyer in eighth grade and being like, <laughs> no, certainly not. Certainly, certainly this will not be happening in this moment in this oh day. Oh my God. Like I, I distinctly remember reading something of that similar nature of like Tom Sawyer in a class. Maybe, maybe it wasn't to that extreme. Maybe it was even something just like the word like ass or bitch or something. <laughs> right. But your heart but starts I racing just, and you're like, am I going to be the child who has to read this aloud? Yes. <laughs> but I distinctly remember 
the, uh, a classmate of mine reading it and watching his like he stopped completely and watching his eyes go wide with panic yes <laughs> and then the teacher was like you can say it <laughs> I have a very clear memory of one of my very good friends from middle school um not being able to say the word penis like just just the word penis <laughs> have you watched <laughs> new she- girl at all no. oh, okay well there's there's just a little joke about the main character uh uh what's her name zoe deschanel's character she can't say penis either and so she's always like say it i Pyrenees. What? Pyrenees. You said Pyrenees. Penis. Not singing. Pyrenees. Not like a ghoul. <laughs> I can say it. Pianist. Oh, you said pianist. Pianist. That's what it was like. She was like, and and with it he took his penis. And they were like, you can say it. And she was, she actually got detention. Because she like couldn't get through the sentence, and they were like, "You're making a mockery of this." But like, truly, she like couldn't. She like couldn't bring herself to say it in a public forum. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's also so a good. thing on Scrubs. Um, Elliot, the doctor, can't say she can't say like vagina or penis, and so she's always like bajingo and ding dong. <laughs> but she's like so, a medical doctor. <laughs> um. So anyway, if you pick up this book, yeah, just it's know. the R. It's the R word. Here's a little PSA that um, this might be a word that you or someone in your life maybe doesn't consider that bad. It is a very bad word, which is why we are only referring to like even all the nonsense that I've read so far. You know, I've said dildo a million times, you know, we are no, saying the this R isn't word like a dildo is an object. This is a derogatory. <laughs> yes, this term, is not I a feel. good word. So this is a I, little... I feel like if a Disney Channel star made a PSA about not saying it to people in mm. the 90s and early 2000s, then you know you should. Well, see, that's say the thing. It. I feel like it wasn't really there wasn't really a push to stop saying this word until like in like the past like 10 or 15 years is when Really? It would... You don't think Hillary Duff was ever like, don't say that. It's not cool. Um Maybe I'm misremembering. Actually, maybe I'm, maybe I'm make, uh, making myself more. Aware I think there is past. a commercial with exactly that premise, but I think it's about using the word "gay" in a derogatory oh, maybe sense. That's the, maybe but that's you what are one hundred percent correct <laughs> yeah. that it's Hillary Duff. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I remember that's like burned into my memory because she's just being like she's like so like, hey girls, that's not cool. Yeah, don't like, don't be don't so say, like not cool about. Don't that. say that. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being like, she's right. If I got told Duff. off by Hillary Duff. Right? When I was a teenager in Forever 21, you know? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I'd have to walk into traffic. Air pastel, you know? I would cry. Yeah, it's totally gay. You know, you really shouldn't say that. Say what? Well, say that something's gay when you mean it's bad. It's insulting. Um, Anyway, yeah. So even a blank troll would not go there. Even a dwarf admitted Legolam. Frito suddenly felt all eyes were on him. Couldn't we just drop it down a storm drain or pawn it and swallow the ticket, he said. <laughs> Alas, said Goodgolf solemnly, it is not that easy. But why? Alas, explained Goodgolf. Alackaday, Orlan agreed. Excellent, uh, like, meta joke of, like, some of these, like, more powerful characters in Lord of the Rings not ever really explaining things clearly and yes. just being like, well. Or, or sort of refusing to be more helpful and being like, oh, you know, mortal stuff. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Also, I love the word alackaday. Very good. <laughs> Got to bring that back. But fear not, dear Boggy, continued Orlon. You shall not go alone. 
Good old Gimlet will go with you, said Legolam, and fearless Legolam, said Gimlet, and noble King Arrowroot, said Bromocell, and faithful Bromocell, said Arrowroot, and Moxie and Pepsi and Spam, said Dildo, and good golf, gray teeth, said added Orlon. Indeed, said Goodgolf, glaring at Orlon, and it looks <laughs> and if looks could maim, the old elf would have left in a basket. <laughs> so be it, you shall leave when the omens are right, said Orlon, consulting a pocket horoscope, and unless I'm very much mistaken, they will be unmatched in half an hour. Frito groaned. I wish I had never been born, he said. Do not say that, dear Frito, cried Orlon. It was a happy minute for all of us when you were born. And so that's where we'll end our little reading of the, what was it called? The Great Caucus. Yes. <laughs> I love that in this one, as opposed to um, valiantly offering up their services. Yes. They're just like, yeah, and he'll go with you. And then they have, and then in turn, everybody's like, and he will as well. Like, yeah. I think that's, that's so good. And they played a, you know, a, ga- a little game of hot potato with the ring and being like, well, it's not, this is elf magic, so I think the elves should do it. And then they toss it to El- Orlon or whatever. Yes, excellent. You know, there will be no, and there were no and my axe moments mm-hmm. in this book. Um, just lots of like finger pointing and hot potato. Um, yeah. And I would I have it no other way. Frito being like, I wish I was never born. Probably the most canonically true thing in the, yes. whole, oh, in the whole book. Um, there was also like a really, let me try and find it. There was also like a low-key, really poignant line. Oh, I think it's when he's at Dildo's party. And it's something about like, he never felt so alone, surrounded by a group of people. And I'm like, oh my wow. God. Um, okay. How real. Mm, maybe I'm making it up. No, I'm not making it. I mean, if you wrote it, you're a genius. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe you you should end it here and just take credit for it. And instead of taking credit, I decided to go back and find it because not because I wanted to give a bunch of credit to what are their names, like Howard Beard or something, but mostly because I felt like I was going insane because I so vividly remembered reading this line and I couldn't find it in the moment. And I was like, it surely has to exist. And I did find it. It is at Dildo's party and Frito is looking around at everyone eating. It's before Dildo's speech. And it says, why did he feel so alone amidst the merrymakers? Why had he always thought himself an intruder in his own village? That's deep. That's deep, Frito. Or it also could have been, there's also a little scene when they had just gotten to Rivendell where Frito was just like deeply depressed and everyone was doing a terrible job of comforting him. That <laughs> is so good. And I'm like, that's that is the also really book. accurate. <laughs> yes, 100%. I really do love that. Like, I think that that's one of the few, the few things that sort of got left behind in the characterization from book to movie is just like that he's just he's one of those people who sort of like takes pleasure in the melancholy and it just like has those moods of just being like goodbye tree heaven knows if we'll ever see each other again (laughs) goodbye fence good heaven knows if my hands will ever brush you again everyone's like okay we're done saying goodbye to the tree and the fence we got to keep moving i love that (laughs) i love it um 
Well, Allie, thank you for coming on to talk about Board of the Rings and also the musical. I know. I feel like we need like a musical sting and then like a name for like, because like we're going to keep getting updates about this musical and I'm sure you're going to keep talking about it. So we need like a, like a life alert. Should you come on, should you you come on like once a month for like musical talk or something? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's like a little like sting and then it's like, and it's like, all right, we're here. Here's the latest um, news with. Yeah, exactly. Which is so, um, I think is very on brand for me because there's also been like tons of other announcements um, there's like this big deal with Warner Brothers that they're doing all these new, uh, they've signed, I don't know what studio signed with which studio, I'll be honest. Right. It's all very Something. confusing, but there are more Tolkien movies in the works. Um, yeah. And like, that's a big deal. Season yeah, two so for Rings stuff. of Power, I believe, has started filming and they've done some like recastings and there's video games coming out and like all this stuff. And I'm like, the musical. That's the where is my attention is. Maybe we can call the segment Lord of the Sings. And it can yes. just be like any any new information that drops about the musical. Yes. Oh, perfect. And that way, if you, if you learn anything, you can just like say like two sentences about it at the top of an episode and be like, all right. And that was our segment on Lord of the Sings. Lord of the moving Sings. On. Yeah. Moving on with the rest of our lives. Exactly. Exactly. Where what what are you working on? What's going on in your life? Where can people find you on the internet? All the all that jazz. Um, if you want to find me on the internet, uh, you can find me in all the places you would find a person at Miss Alice Nutting. That's M S A L I C E N U T T I N G. Um, I'm in the middle of all these projects and none of them are at a place where I'm like, okay, I can share them yet. (laughs) So I'm just like, maybe someday in the future, you may or may not see a thing that I have made. Which is exactly what the creators of the Lord of the Rings musical were saying a year ago, you know, a year ago. That's so true. Here they are. And here we are today and it's coming out. So, so. So hopefully a year from today I can be like, guys, I did it. I wrote the Lord of the Rings musical. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and also side note, I just recently watched, uh, I think like an Instagram story of yours and you were really like wearing, you were wearing like a really dope raincoat or something. And I just really oh, loved it. Thank you. <laughs> that is a coat from free people. And I get so many compliments on this jacket. It's that so great. Honestly, at this point, free people should be paying me for the yes. advertising that I am doing with this like one winter jacket that I bought from them. <laughs> Outstanding work. It's such a good coat. <laughs> um, yeah. Listeners. Uh, check out all the stuff that we've talked about that will including be linked that in- jo- including an orange jacket from free people <laughs> yes including the, I'll link that in the episode description as well <laughs> um, Allie again thank you for coming on it was a pleasure as always oh, as always pleasure to be back thanks for continuing to invite me and not being like okay it's done now <laughs> I keep waiting for you to say no and you haven't no yet, so. I will never say no so there we go um, maybe uh, I'll see you uh, in in the audience of the Lord of the oh, Rings yeah. musical what was it called in Newbury Birkenshine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Newberry. <laughs> In Newberry, England. See you there. That's what I'm talking about's cover art was designed by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash Pod. You can follow the podcast on social media at TolkienAboutPod, and you can follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. If you want to support the podcast, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different levels of support that are available, and I appreciate anyone who wants to join any level of support. But of course, always gotta show extra love for the sponsors, such as John... 
John, you're an awesome person for becoming a sponsor of That's What I'm Talking About. This show, this very silly episode, is brought to the listeners by you. So thank you. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Moxie is a soda that tastes a little bit like cough medicine and and sarsaparilla. And it's, to me, fantastic. (laughs) I love it. And that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) 